And I really believe in this. If you have not tried everything, you cannot say you don't know what your passion is. If you have not tried everything, you cannot say that people don't like your business or your product. If you have not tried everything, you cannot say that you don't understand yourself. It is the game of odds, right? We live in a world of odds. The more doors you knock on, the more likely some are to open. The people that you see winning in life are just knocking on more doors. Hey family, hey community, welcome back to On Purpose. I use those two words very deeply, very meaningfully and very importantly because I really believe that we've built an incredible community. That's what we are. That's who we are together because a community is a group of people that come together for the same values, that support each other, that want to see each other do well, that want to help share this wisdom, help make wisdom go viral and family because we're doing it from a place of love. We're doing it from a place of intention, a place of empathy and kindness. And so I don't take any of you for granted. And really, I mean this, I've had so many of you come up to me in the last week when you see me in a coffee shop or walking down the street. And some of you are always like, Jay, I didn't know if I could disturb you. Hey, if you listen to the podcast and you're here regularly every single week, you can come and say hello to me anytime. Give me a big hug and tell me that you listen to On Purpose. It means the world to me. If you're one of those people that's sharing on Instagram all the time, sharing on Twitter all the time, come and tell me. I mean, it means the world to me that you take out time out of your week out of your day to listen to me. And I am so deeply grateful for that. I, I can't express to you. I don't know how to express to you how grateful I am for that. That's why I keep saying it, but I mean it. But literally, if you ever see me, please come and tap me on the back and be like, I listen on purpose. <laughs> and, and you'll get the biggest hug from me in the world. I really, really mean that. Now, today I want to talk about 11 lessons. And the reason why I want to do 11 lessons is I'm trying to get more in from you to bring you into this podcast. And so I asked you a couple of weeks ago on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, we asked for questions that you had from me about self, work, love, and service. Now, these are the four areas of our life that I've dedicated my work to. Now, let me explain this. I believe that there are four decisions you make in your life that are the most important decisions you make. The first is how you feel about yourself. That is a choice. That is a decision. No one chooses or decides how you feel about yourself apart from you. And when you make that decision intentionally, with focus, with love, you make it well. The second most important decision we make in our lives is what we do for money, what we do for work, and why we do it. The work that we do is an important decision we make in our life because it takes up so much of our day. It takes up so much of our life that it has to be an integral decision. And we have to make that decision with the same love, the same care, the same attention. And the third most important decision we make in our life is who we give our love to, right? Who we give our love to. This is huge. Huge because you're going to wake up next to that person every day. You're going to go to sleep next to them. You're going to go through some of life's greatest highs, greatest lows with them. You have to want to be with them on the ride. It's a really important decision. And the fourth decision is service. How you decide to impact the world. How you decide to make a difference in the world. 
So self, work, love, and service. And this podcast is dedicated to introducing you to people who've made the decisions in these spaces, introducing you to my mindset around those spaces, introducing you to the books, the research in those spaces. And that's why your questions to me around self, work, love, and service are so important. How many of you, put your hands up right now, even if you're in the middle of an office, in the middle of the street, if you're driving, do not follow this, but apart from any of those, if you can, put your hand up right now if you want to make better decisions in self, work, love, and service. How many of you want to feel better about how you feel about yourself? How many of you want to make a switch in your career or understand more about your passion and your purpose? How many of you want to know more about dating, love, and relationships? And how many of you want to know how you can improve the world? So I want to start by answering these questions that are from you. I've selected questions that I believe will be questions a lot of you have asked. And I want you to listen to these podcasts with great intent as if you ask these questions, because I guarantee you there is someone in your life that you have. So the first question is from Jade. Why is it no matter what I do, I feel like I'm no good? How many of you have this experience? How many of you go through life and the voice in your head keeps saying to you, I'm no good. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. It's not working for me. How many of you have this relationship with yourself? So lesson number one for the question, why is it no matter what I do, I feel like I'm no good? Lesson number one is this is what Albert Einstein was speaking about when he said that everyone's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you will spend your whole life believing that you're stupid, right? It will spend its whole life believing that it's stupid because we are fishes trying to fly. We're lions trying to climb a tree. We are birds trying to swim. I mean, I'm running out of animals right now, but you get the point. We have a specific set of skills, strengths, abilities, and we're not playing to those. We think because of media, we think because of movies, we think because of music, we think because of social media that we have to become something that we are not to be satisfied. When actually being ourselves is the only thing that can satisfy us. We think we have to become something else to be satisfied, not realizing that being ourselves is the only thing that can satisfy us. And this is something I really want you to understand that you say no matter what you do, that's not true. If you have tried everything, then you can say that. And I really believe in this. If you have not tried everything, you cannot say you don't know what your passion is. If you have not tried everything, you cannot say that people don't like your business or your product. If you have not tried everything, you cannot say that you don't understand yourself. It is the game of odds, right? We live in a world of odds. The more doors you knock on, the more likely some are to open. The people that you see winning in life are just knocking on more doors. They're just sending more messages. They're just sending more resumes. They're just calling more people. That is what makes you win. Please do not ever think that is some special divine intervention that solves life for some people and it doesn't for others. It is all about the game of odds, right? It's all about odds. It is all about trial and error. Keep trying. 
Try more often. This is the mistake we make. We try one new thing a year and we say things aren't working. Try something new every day. Try something new every weekend. Dedicate the next weekend for the next month, both days, to trying something, learning something new. That is lesson one. Lesson two, question comes from Tara. Thank you, Tara, for your question. Jade, thank you for yours for the first one. How do you move forward from family that hurt you and said mean things to you and then when, you, when they see you, they act like nothing has happened and still put the blame on you? Great question, Tara. I know a lot of people struggle with their families. So the first thing I'd say, Tara, and the first thing to really think about is empathize with the hurt that caused them to try and hurt you. What was it in their past, in their history, with their relationship, with their parents, their family members, where they received pain that they are now passing that pain on to you? And say to yourself, I am not going to continue this pattern. Because that's what's happening. Pain is like a family heirloom. Some people's family heirlooms are pain and they pass pain along to the next person. So instead of passing on a diamond or passing on a watch or passing on a, you know, a a beautiful object or trinket or ornament, we pass on the family heirloom of pain and you have to stop that pattern. So the first way you move forward is you look at their past. The way you build your future is you look at their past and see where the pain started so you realize that you are not that pain. You are not the source of their pain. You are the result of their pain. They are giving that pain to you, but you are not that pain. That pain is not you and it is not caused because of you. You have to start with empathy. You have to start with that vision of their past. Now, the second thing, the amount of distance you can create, the better. The more time you have to spend with family, make sure you're spending more time with friends or community that is uplifting you. We have my genius coaching group. In my genius coaching group, we have meetups in over 100 cities in the world, and we have members from over 140 countries. Now, in this genius meetup group, we have meetups across the world where people are physically getting together and they're building community for themselves. And so now when they go back to their families, they can tolerate more. They can accept more because they have found the family that they really wanted. For those of you who are in my Genius Coaching Group, you already know who you are. And for those of you who aren't, you can check it out, right? Take a look at what we're doing in Genius at jshetty.me forward slash genius. But the reason why we've created that community is because I realized that you need community. And the third thing you have to do is you have to realize to not take any of it personally. You have to realize to become thick-skinned and use this as an opportunity to grow and don't even try and fight them. Don't even try and disprove them. Don't waste your energy. Use your creative energy to move forward. But first thing is recognize their pain. Second thing is create a distance and then create a community. Thank you, Tara, for your question. I really appreciate that one. Third question is from Alana. Thank you for your question. Why do we need closure? I've been ghosted recently for the first time. I feel like I did something wrong and I'd like to know. 
Whoa, right? This is such a common one for so many people. Now, listen to this carefully. I, I want you to listen to this. And I'm not just saying I am going to give you an answer, but I literally created a podcast on this. I believe it was at the end of 2019. I'm just trying to find it for you. It was called Six Things to Stop Expecting from Others and How to Leave Them Behind in 2019. It was on December 6th, 2019. It's that episode. Go back and listen to that one because I talk about why we need to give ourselves closure and why no one's going to give it. Now, why do we need closure? We need closure because as humans, we need to know why something has happened and we look for reasoning and we look for understanding. Now, the problem is when that person doesn't give it to you, you start to come up with all these different ideas as to what it could be, right? And that's what you're doing right now, Alana, right? That's probably what you're doing right now. And you've been ghosted for the first time. So you're going, what did I do wrong? Is it how I look? Is it how I think? Is it what I talked about? Is it something I said? And you'd like to know what they think. But the sad thing is that people ghost rarely because of something you did and more often because of the way they are. Because for anyone to ghost means they don't want to explain to you what it is. And it could be something completely insignificant. And we live for the rest of our lives, or at least the rest of the year, wondering, well, what is it about me that they didn't like? Why is it that they're treating me like this? So listen back to the episode, because I talk about why you need to give yourself the closure that other people are not willing to give to you. So your first question, why do we need closure? We need closure because it helps us find reasoning and understanding, which as humans, we look for in everything, right? And you'd like to know if you did something wrong, but guess what? you didn't do anything wrong because that person didn't have the decency to actually tell you what you did wrong, right? They didn't give you the opportunity to tell you what you did wrong. So I just want you to reflect on that and recognize, listen to that episode and give yourself closure. Ask yourself, what would you have done differently? Ask yourself what answer you can gain from it rather than waiting for it from them. The next question and lesson is from Kat. If a person keeps breaking up with you every time they are angry, should you just forgive and take them back? Because you guys really love each other. And it's probably done out of anger. How can we have a healthy fight without these breakups? We both do it. We express to each other how depressing we become when we behave this way, not talking for days, even weeks at a time. But we still do it. Thank you for being so open and sharing that so vulnerably. And I really want to help you with that. And I'm not just going to give you some blanket advice. I want to be really, really straight here with you that that will help you. Now, it's not healthy to make extreme decisions based on specific emotions, right? Like if you are angry right now, that doesn't mean you should be like, well, I don't want to talk to you for weeks. It's not healthy to do that, right? It's not healthy to make an extreme decision based on a limited emotion, and so my recommendation here is that you both, when things are good, not when you're angry, when things are good, you need to spend more time together and figure out how you're going to deal with this. First, find out what are the triggers for the anger to get that bad. Start removing those triggers from your life. Second of all, when things are good, I want you to talk about how you're going to deal with the fight next time, right? What really helps both of you figure it out? What really helps both of you feel like you're heard and understood and recognize that you both are a team and you're playing against the problem, right? You both are a team. You're a unit. You can't keep breaking up because if you keep breaking up because of the problem, you're no longer a team. And the third thing you need to think about is that if it's always happening one way, that's not good either. If you're the one always being broken up with when someone is angry, that's not healthy either. So it's about using the times when things are good because it sounds like there are good times still 
When those are there, that's when you need to plan to prepare for the bad times. Don't wait for the bad times to figure out how to deal with anger better. Prepare in the good times to figure it out. I hope that answers your question. Dan, what is the best way for me to move forward in my life and not be immobilized with fear of loneliness and feeling unloved? Well, first of all, Dan, I'd like you to take a moment to write down a list of the people in your life that love you. I bet you there's at least one person. There's probably three. I want you to really make a list of all the people that love you. Now I want you to make a list of all the people that like you. Right? I want you to make a list of all the people that like you. And then I want you to make a list of all the people you learn from. So people that love you, people that like you, and people that learn, that you learn from. If you have these three types of people in your life, you can never be lonely. The problem is, we may not be liked by the people that we like, or we may not receive love from the people that we love, and therefore we think that we have no love or that we are lonely. But there are three ways you can never be lonely. There are people that love you, there are people that like you, and there are people you can always learn from. If you're learning from the lives of others, if you're learning from the books of others, you will always feel encouraged, even if there's no one in your space. Like I'll give an example. Sometimes I think about the life that I've chosen and it's a very different type of lifestyle and therefore that can feel lonely from a, from a difference point of view, right? None of, my, none of my friends growing up do what I do now, so that can feel lonely. None of my friends from before really understand what I'm trying to do in my life. So that's the loneliness that comes from there as well. And so the only way to not feel lonely is to be surrounded by other people who think like you in values. And the problem is we try and find people from our past, but sometimes it's new people. Sometimes it's people in books. Sometimes it's mentors. But I want you to recognize that you are not lonely and you're not unloved. There are people that love you. It may not be the same people you want attention from, but there are people there and don't undervalue those relationships. Don't underestimate how much people love you. I hope you're going to call those people up straight after you listen to this. I hope you're going to message them straight after you listen to this. Um, And I know, yeah, I know you will. Okay, thanks, Dan. Okay, next question is from Leisha. Jay, how can I find a purpose, get out of my comfort zone and do away with self-entitlement, fear to try out new things? I feel sorry for myself. Thank you, Leisha, for being so open and so vulnerable. This just shows me what an amazing community we have, that you feel you can be that vulnerable here. That means the world to me. And I don't judge you at all. I'm on your side. And the best thing you can do is start getting active. When you start putting yourself at workshops, seminars, courses, weekend courses, evening courses, going and being around other people who want to learn and grow, you will feel that infectious energy. So right now, it's not about finding your purpose. It's just about getting out of your comfort zone and stop feeling sorry for yourself. And you will do that when you start booking that next course, right? Get out there, be with people, get active, get moving. Something you've wanted to learn for a while. Go and book a course right now. Go and search in your area. What is a course, a workshop, a seminar, whatever it is. Go to that. Be around an energy. You will feel that contagious energy come straight to you. Right, Leisha? You can do it right now. And your fear to try new things, ask yourself, why am I scared? Is it because of how you're going to look? Well, then do it around people you don't know. If it, is it around if you're going to fail? Well, then go and try something that you don't know at all anyway so you can learn about it. Go to a beginner's class so that everyone is learning. Don't be surrounded by experts when you're doing it. For example, if I wanted to go and learn, I don't know, like 
if I wanted to learn how to race a car, speed car, I'm not going to go and race with Formula One drivers. I'm going to go to a beginner's class. Go to a beginner's class, go to a beginner's workshop, get started, get active. The next question. So we have done one, two, three, four, five, six questions. We're on our seventh question. Sage, any ideas how to deal with the hurt of a loved one leaving you? My grandma died in October and my brother recently moved out and I might never see him again. I don't know what to do, any advice. So any ideas how to deal with the hurt of a loved one? I feel that if you've lost someone that you love, you should write them a letter that you would have said to them if you would have had the opportunity. I, I love this practice because I feel that most of our pain from the loss of a loved one is things we never said, things we never expressed. And it's so important that we handwrite it and we read it out, feeling that we could be able to share it with them. That's the first thing I would do. The second thing I recommend is that you see the lessons and the gifts that person left you. I literally was sitting with someone yesterday and they were sharing this with me. They lost someone that they loved, unfortunately, in a shooting. And she was sharing with me that the only way that she was able to move forward was to understand what gift she got from this person. And the gift was the lessons they shared, the gift of life, the gift of the advice, the wisdom, the insight that that person lived with. So ask yourself, what lessons can I learn from that person? What can I keep living with to keep that person living with me? And the third one is to celebrate that person's greatness. If there was a charity that that person believed in, if there was a cause that that person believed in, get activated in that. Show that you truly love them through that expression, that care. Whenever you're ready. Of course, it's in your own time, at your own pace, but when you're ready, right? When you're ready. And if you said your brother recently moved out and you may never see him again, if that's someone you love, again, write them a letter, send it to them, handwrite it so they take it seriously. Don't just message and call. FaceTime them, make an effort. You never want to live with that regret that you didn't try. So those are some of my thoughts in regards to your question. The next question, eighth question from Laura. What would you say the number one thing you do daily and we should to keep us going in the right track and improve our lives? So what do I do daily? That's huge for me. One of them is definitely meditation and reflection. And meditation for me is just practicing some basic breath work. In my book, Think Like a Monk, I talk about the three types of meditation that I do, breath work, visualization, and mantra. I recommend taking a look at all three of those as examples of types of meditation. And the other way or other thing that I recommend doing every day is exercise, moving, being active is so beautiful for your mental health. It's so powerful for your mental health. And the other thing is writing down your goals, being really clear about what you want and not just about what you want as a result, but the steps you're going to do to get there. I look at my steps every single day. Three more questions to go over on Yuki. Okay, people who are struggling with pressure and stress, what can they do to little by little to get better? What are the steps? What should they do? Well, same as before, actually, like getting active is a huge one. If you're struggling with any stress or pressure or depression, being, first of all, seeing a doctor is, is really important. The second thing is being active, right? Getting to the gym, getting outdoors. I saw someone share 
and post on social media, they always talk about vitamins, but what about vitamin N, which is the vitamin of nature? Being in the outdoors is so powerful for our mind. Being around people that are doing amazing things that inspire you and bring you forward is another great one for you as well, Yuki. Thank you for answering that question. I'm going to take two more questions. Bailey, from your experience, outside of your mentors while a monk, who inspired you and left the biggest mark in the person you are today? What impact was it and how is this person's impact helping you grow today? So it's a really good question. I'd say there are a few. One of them is definitely people like Steve Jobs, Einstein, and Martin Luther King. I never met them, but I've read their work. I read how they looked at decisions. I read how they believed. So there's one statement from Steve Jobs, which changed my life, which was the people who are crazy enough to believe they can change the world are the ones who do. And that for me was such a huge, huge statement because I kept repeating it to myself and when I look at where my life's leading now, I'm just like, wow, like I, I never imagined that I'd ever be able to connect with all of you. I never imagined that any of this would happen, but people like that change your mindset. When I looked at how Martin Luther King lived such an intentional life and that he was always trying to serve and, and support and give people an opportunity to serve. So they've had a lasting impact on me. The other person who's had a lasting impact on me is... Uh, one of my mentors from my time in technology in the digital world. And when I met him, I thought he was going to teach me our digital media, but actually he opened my mind up. He'd always make me repeat the words from Napoleon Hill is, you become what you think about. So he'd always say the six most important words are, you become what you think about. And he'd always get me to repeat them. And he'd always stretch my imagination as to what I thought I could be. So I would always say to him, I can't be an entrepreneur. I don't know anything about business. He'd always be like, no, you are an entrepreneur. I can tell from the way you think. Whenever I'd be doing any work, he'd be like, okay, I want you to try this next. He'd basically never, he, he built the mindset in me to never settle or never become complacent and to always grow. So no matter when we just moved a step forward, he'd then be forcing me to move four more steps forward. We moved another step forward, he challenged me to move another five steps forward. And that's how my mindset's now become, that I'm constantly challenging myself to grow. And that to me is one of the most beautiful mindsets that, or a gift that anyone could give. And he gave me that gift. He's had a big impact on my life. We're still great friends. We have lunches together when I'm back in London. And he just made me believe and stretch. And that's what you need. You need someone who's constantly stretching your belief system about yourself and not just making you accept what you think it is. And the final question from Phil, why do people choose sides when getting a divorce? People you've known for many years decide they don't know you when you're going through divorce. I'm sorry to hear that. And people choose sides because quite frankly, it's easier. It's easier to choose a side and go with it even if you don't agree with everything and you may have a lot more grays because arguments and divorces and breakups are rarely black or white, things are gray, but it's easier for the person. It's easier for the person to choose a side and that's the reason they do it most likely. Another reason maybe they feel a sense of debt or loyalty to a specific person. And my recommendation to you is that any sort of break or end is a great time to redefine your relationships 
and redefine yourself. It gives you an opportunity to grow into the person you couldn't grow into before. It allows you to surround yourself with people that you don't know from before. It gives you a second chance and a new chance. And you may say, well, Jay, I still want to have all those people in my life. Well, really think about it. You don't want to force anyone to be in your life. You don't want anyone to stay in your life just because they were in your life and now you feel sad that they chose the other side. You don't want to also get lost in sides and think, oh, I just want them to come to my side. You, you want to find people who can grow with and push you forward. So don't be limited by your past network. There's this great social media post that shows two coins and it talks about how your circle gets smaller but increases in value. And that's really something you want to focus on is even if your circle gets smaller, how can it increase in value, right? That's what you want to think about because that's the most powerful lesson. So those are the 11 lessons to help you heal, help you grow and help you become successful. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Make sure you share your questions with me. I want to take more of your questions and feature them in the podcast because like I said, we're building a family. We're building a community. Share your greatest insights on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and LinkedIn. I can't wait to see them. Have an amazing week wherever you are. I'll see you again next week. 